Gamecock Nation, welcome to the Cocky on Saturday podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. I'm dumb being scared of this phrase. Must win game. It's at the epicenter of every single college football fan season. Coaches, players don't want to add that tag on, but as a fan, you just get that gut feeling. It's not fun going into Saturday. There's a lot of anticipation. And if those games turn sideways, it feels like your season's gone. It's not to say that if we do find ourselves in a losing hole this Saturday, that the season's completely over. But you'd be crazy to think that the bowl is essentially out of reach at that point. This is a game, if you get the win, you take care of business against Vanderbilt, take care of business against Jacksonville State, and they can maybe get a couple upset victories. Like we said in our last episode, you could be at seven, eight wins. But if you don't get this Florida game done, the season could be in trouble. But here we are. It is Florida week. Depth chart just got released yesterday. Not too, too much to report there. It's starting to mean a little less and less. You're still seeing Keenan Nelson as the starting nickel. If you watched the last game, we did slide Nick Emanwari down to that nickel spot. I like the way he looked. Moved DQ back to a little bit more of a natural position at safety. So I like the changes there. Don't read too far into the depth chart. It is showing Ja'Kai Moore back as an oar with ball at that guard spot. Makes me think that he will be good to go in this game. But hey, maybe that offensive line feels better with ball in at that guard position. We'll see what happens. Also, as Sidney Fugar back in the mix. Beamer talked about that in a previous press conference. They want to give him another look at tackle. You know, Hopefully he can provide a little bit more depth for that unit moving forward. Let's jump into Florida here, though. We'll be back later this week talking our keys to the game, but let's just sort of take a high-level overview of this matchup. South Carolina did open this week as a slight favorite. Minus 2.5 is where the line most typically is right now. You know, last year we saw a terrible loss against Florida. That was that game right before we had our great run at the end of the season against Tennessee and Clemson. We lost 38-6 and did not score an offensive touchdown. The year prior, though, and Beamer's biggest win to that point, we beat them 40-17 at Williams-Brice. So far in this matchup between Beamer and Napier, seems like the home team has the advantage. Obviously this year, that should sway our direction. We're going to need a couple more years of it before uh, we officially call it a trend, but I like that to our advantage. The Gators are 4-2 on the season. Their most notable win is over Tennessee. Sort of a shocking loss that Tennessee saw, and you know if you kind of read into, well, this team beat that team, so that means they're better than them. Well, our loss to Tennessee does not look pretty. Different circumstances, though. Tennessee was a little bit banged up in that one. I think Florida's just got them. I think, if anything, it made Tennessee a little bit more prepared for our matchup. Florida was able to find huge success on the ground, and that's ultimately how they picked up that win in Tennessee. Florida's two losses this season are to Kentucky and Utah. 
Kentucky actually ran all over them. Ray Davis went over 200 yards on the day, and we just saw Kentucky get exposed against Georgia. Again, if we're going to go back to, well, hey, this team beat this team, or hey, Gamecocks played pretty decent against Georgia comparatively to Kentucky. (laughs) Does that mean we're actually better than Kentucky? No. Probably just means Georgia unlocked their true potential in that game. Happened to be against Kentucky, but I think uh, we saw Kentucky get a little bit more exposed. We saw some flaws in their game, but they also showed us the flaws against Florida. I think this is a team that the ground game can be very effective against. And it brings that young defense kind of a little bit more down into the box. And they don't have those traditional playmakers like we've seen in the past with their teams to be able to pick up the one-on-one coverage on the back end. Their head coach, Billy Napier, since he's arrived there at Florida, is only 1-7 on the road. It's a team that has not had success leaving the swamp. Again, bodes well for us. They're powered by their rushing attack, so even though Kentucky ran well on them, when they've picked up big wins, it's been a combo of Trevor Etienne, which (laughs) that name is familiar. Yes, it's the younger brother of the former Clemson running back. And then Montreal Johnson, who actually had 160 against us last season. He's coming off 135 performance against Vanderbilt last week. So sort of a dual threat at the running back position. They have playmakers there. They love to lean on the run. Ultimately, that's what their offense is about. They don't quite have that big play vertical passing game going on. Their transfer quarterback, first year there at Florida, Graham Mertz, came from Wisconsin. A much more of a horizontal and a short passer. Great accuracy in that short game. You're going to see them throw a lot of quick outs, a lot of bubble screens, and just simply rely on that run game. But when they do try to throw it deep, that's where his inaccuracy can kind of come alive. I think this is a team you need to stack the box against them, force Mertz to beat you deep. We have the playmakers on the back end. Give me Nick E 101 with their top guy. Give me Marcel's dial one-on-one. If the quarterback can't put it on the money, those guys are going to be able to make a play. Mertz's longest pass this season is only 23 yards. So again, not a vertical passing team. Get the bodies into the box. Shut down the run. Shut down the quick routes. Press a little bit more at the line of scrimmage. It's incredibly frustrating when we see our corners and DBs 10 yards off the line of scrimmage on a third and short. So we need to get down in there, be able to make our tackles, and capitalize on kind of knowing that they're going to throw the ball in front of you. Their best threats on offense are actually both young players, a redshirt freshman at tight end, Arliss Boardingham, who actually just got co-freshman of the week honors this past week, and then if a true freshman at wide receiver as well. So some a little bit more inexperienced, but you know, great playmaker, something you do need to watch for. Again, keep those guys in front of you, crash on the ball. I think that's where we'll find some success defensively. With Florida's defense, they're sort of a bend-don't-break unit. If you're not familiar with that term, that really just means opposing offenses are able to move the ball in volume, pick up a lot of yards. Vanderbilt just picked up 334 yards against this Florida defense last week, but Florida only let up 14 points. So when the ball does get down to that red zone, 
where it starts to cross the 50-yard line, they're either being very opportunistic and picking up some turnovers, or they're buckling down and limiting how many scores the offense can actually get. They're very susceptible to the big play. This is a young, young defense that Florida has. They have some playmakers. They have some athletes. But don't be shocked. Hey, if we throw in a little bit of a trick play or just a misdirection, those guys are going to bite on it. We're going to have guys one-on-one coverage, and I like our guys against their guys. And jumping back to what we said about that Kentucky game earlier, Kentucky ran for 280 in that game. It is time to feed our bell cow back. We said in the last episode, get Mario Anderson involved. 17 plus carries is what we're asking for. I think that's the recipe for success. Use the home advantage and let's feed him. Let's make Spencer's life a little bit easier and get the run going against Florida here. This is a must win for them. As much as it's a must win for us, it is a must win for them. Sure, they're 4-2 right now, but after us, they have four ranked teams left on the schedule. Their easiest matchup, easiest, is Arkansas. So that means to get bowl eligible, they have to beat us, they have to beat Arkansas. Sure, they could probably get an upset victory, but this could be climbing an uphill battle against one of those ranked teams. So they're looking at this one as much as we are. They're looking at our game right here in Columbia as a must win for them. It's coming down to who wants it more. I know it's a stupid saying sometimes because what player is not going to run out there and not want the game? But there's almost this inner strength that desperate teams can unlock. And sometimes when you're desperate, it can go sideways. You start being stupid. You don't stick to the game plan. You get ahead of yourself. You try to just make the big plays. But a well-coached team can harness that inner strength Use that desperation and be able to garner a better result. So that's where I say this one comes down to must win. And guess what? We got the home field advantage. We got 84,000 of y'all strong at Williams Bryce this Saturday. I'll be there. The fair's in town. Guys, get there early. This team needs us. We need to be loud. 3.30 kick. Hey, if you're in college and you're in the student section, plenty of time to get out to five points. This is an ideal kick for y'all. Get to the frat lots, have a good time, get to Memorial, and then get over to the game, be in there early, and let's make that place rock. I will be back on Friday with our keys to the game, but this is a big week. Only a couple days away. The bye week was needed, but I'm itching for Carolina football again. Is here this Saturday and every Saturday through the end of the season. It's a must win. We're going bowling. I know it. And I want to get to more than six wins. To get there, the path is through Florida. Let's take care of business at home. Let's get a huge dub. We'll be 500 at that point in time. And just trust in this coaching staff. They will get us there. I appreciate y'all tuning in today. Again, we'll be back on Friday with our keys to the game. And until then, go Cox.